the holidays, family, presents, stockings, chestnuts roasting on an open fire, and of course, Christmas songs and Christmas movies. On today's episode, Dixie Combs once again joins us not just to rank our five favorite Christmas songs, but also our five favorite Christmas movies. Christmas is coming, and the goose is getting fat, so please put a penny in the old man's hat. This is That One Show's Christmas Spectacular. Welcome to that one show's Christmas extravaganza. Dixie Combs is joining me today to not just pick our five favorite Christmas songs, but also our five favorite Christmas movies. How are you today, Dixie? I'm good, Brian. Thanks for having me again. So before we get into ranking our uh, Christmas songs and movies, let's talk a little bit about the holiday in and of itself. You're a pretty big fan of Christmas, correct? I am, yeah. And would you say that I'm not a big fan of Christmas? You like you like Halloween better. Absolutely, I do. Yeah. So if I'm ranking the holidays, I'd go Halloween one, Christmas two, uh, New Year's three, Thanksgiving four, and Flag Day five. <laughs> Just Flag Day? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. But, you know, as I've grown older and, you know, we've had, you know, I, we had a child, I, I enjoy Christmas more, specifically buying presents that I think to make you and Natalie happy. Oh, okay. Stop right there. You love presents more than I, anybody I've ever met. Don't try to take the high road here. <laughs> you hate Christmas, but you love presents more than anything. I do. I yeah. Do. But now you can't deny Making that I go out and Natalie of my, have you I, do. You I are go great. out of your way to buy Christmas presents for you, you all are, that I think you will like. You are a great gift buyer. Yes. Yes, and I also buy my own presents. Yes, that you are impossible. I am a big uh, supporter of someone buying their own presents because on. If you do that, you'll get exactly what you want. Yeah, that's true. And you also take the fun away from other people. <laughs> so thanks. So we're going to get right on in. We're going to do movies first. Okay. Uh, we're going to rank. We're just Since we're doing two categories tonight, we're not doing top tens, but just top five. And quite frankly, I couldn't find more than five Christmas songs or movies that I really like, to be honest with you. Yeah. Oh, really? Just You just had five yeah, Christmas I, movies? I, uh, yeah, I really did. I, ha- I had like I had six. They was two that battled for the fifth spot, and there's probably no more Christmas movies I like than this. Okay. There's some that I might enjoy, but I do not like. I mean, if they're on, I could watch a bit, a bit or two, but to sit down and re-watch, 
or there's not very many. Okay. I'm going to let well, you start. I'm going to actually, I'll start with my fifth favorite Christmas movie. It is from 1977. It is called Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas, <laughs> directed by the great Jim Henson. Now, have, have you ever watched this movie? I don't think so, but you're going to say that I have. No, you haven't. I just don't remember it. Okay. You haven't. I tried to show it to you a couple years ago, and you got up after about a minute left and yes. went, went, went running. Yes. But it is, uh, it's Muppets. Uh, now, it's not your traditional Muppets. It's brand new Muppets for the most part. Kermit the Frog does intro the movie. Okay. But it is Jim Henson, directed. Uh, Jerry Nelson is the voice of Emmett, the otter. And his mom, Alice Otter, is voiced by Frank Oz, who voices Miss Piggy and Yoda. Now, it's basically, uh, they, uh, Emmett's daddy dies, and it's their first Christmas at home without him, and they're struggling financially. And they don't have enough money to buy each other presents, him and his mama. Well, the town is having a talent show, and the grand prize is, is enough. If one of them won it, they could buy uh, the other one a Christmas tree. So they both enter the talent show with without telling the other with the intention of winning to be able to buy each other a Christmas present. Okay. And I'm not going to say no more than that, but it's a beautiful, <laughs> beautiful movie. It's kind of a Muppet take on the gift of the Magi a little bit. And uh, I watched it every year from the time I was probably five up to the time I was probably 12 or 13. And I, I hadn't saw it again in many years. And two years ago, it came on Amazon Prime. Did you feel all the feelings? Yeah, it, it gets me choked up. No. Little Emmett and his mom. Oh. Oh, otters. <laughs> but that's that's my number five. And I'm going to play a quick clip from Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. And then we'll be right back with Dixie's fifth favorite Christmas movie of all time about all i got left is a sense of humor to wash tub well at least there ain't no hole in the wash tub head full of good thoughts belly full of grub money in your pocket when there ain't no hole in the wash tub sweet as honeysuckle on the vine ma your nails won't break and your toes won't stub you never get a fever when there ain't no hole in the wash tub Okay, Dixie, what is your fifth favorite Christmas film of all time? And let me just say, on the last time you was on the show, you complained that we shouldn't tell each other our picks beforehand, and we haven't for our movies or our songs, either one. So I have no idea what you've got here. So you did not peek on my notes at all. 100% I did not. 100% hand to your heart. My hand to my heart, the sky. I have no, the only one I'll know for short you pick is Elf because I know that's one of your favorite films <laughs> okay. of all time. All right. Other than that, I, got, I know nothing. Well, way to blow it for the people, Brian. Thanks a lot. Um, no, my number five is Nightmare Before Christmas. And there's that debate if this is a Christmas movie or if this is a Halloween movie. It's one of those movies that you start watching in September and you don't stop until Christmas comes. So I, I think it's both. 
I'm in the camp that's firmly a Halloween and a Christmas movie, both. Well, I love it. I do too. I love it so much. And I think we may have talked about it in the past. Well, the soundtrack, of course, we've talked about in the past. So I won't rehash all that, but I just really like this movie. It's so sweet and the characters are beloved. Yep. Jack and Sally. And a lot of people, uh, you know, are fond of this movie. You and I, the first Christmas we were together as husband and wife, we had Jack and Sally stockings from where else? But if hot I, topic. I, I, hot topic, hot topic, <laughs> <laughs> who is still making stuff for us and now five-year-olds. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, uh, what, what specifically, what, who's your favorite character, Jack, Sally, or a different one? Well, I, it does have, it has nothing to do with Christmas actually, but, Oogie Boogie is my favorite. <laughs> I, I just love Oogie Boogie. So, and, and actually, one of our friends, uh, Angelique, she does, guys, if you ever glam by Angelique, she does uh, cosplay. Yes. With, uh, she bedazzles characters, and it is unreal. Yes. What she can do. Yeah. She don't need us to hype her because she's got over no, a million she's, followers. She's millions of and followers. She, she has them rightly so because she's she's amazing. Yeah. So Oogie Boogie, she didn't play around when she created Oogie Boogie's yeah. look. So. So let's go ahead and play a clip from your fifth favorite Christmas film of all time. Okay. Uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. What's this? What's this? There's color everywhere. What's this? There's white things in the air. What's this? I can't believe my eyes. I must be dreaming. Wake up, Jack. This isn't fair. What's this? What's this? What's this? There's something very wrong. What's this? There's people singing songs. What's this? The streets are lined with little creatures laughing. Everybody seems so happy. Have I possibly gone daffy? What is this? What's this? There's children throwing snowballs instead of throwing heads. They're busy building toys and absolutely no one's dead. There's frost in every window. Oh, I can't believe my eyes. And in my bones I feel the warmth that's coming from inside. Oh, look, what's this? The hanging mistletoe. They kiss? Why, that looks so unique. Inspired! The gathering around hearing story roasting chestnuts on a fire. What's this? What's this? In here, they've got a little tree. And for my fourth favorite Christmas film of all time, and for many people, it's probably their number one, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. I took it off my list. You we did. would have had one in common. All right. Well, 1989. And for my money, it is the best of all the vacation films. It is a holiday classic and a classic straight up. Chevy Chase, Beverly D'Angelo, Juliet Lewis, Randy Quaid. And it is so funny, so quotable. And uh, I know you're a big fan of this, even though you, you've just announced that you've not got it ranked. But, but you do like it a lot. We I do. We, I do. And I don't even like like the main comedy, the, the stuff that is just out there yes. and portrayed. It's the stuff in the background. Yeah, like the, one of my favorite uh, parts of it is something I never even noticed the first time I watched it. And that's when uh, Cousin Eddie and Clark... Obviously, Chevy Chase and Randy Quaid go shopping, and he uh, Clark puts in some light bulbs in the cart, and then the very next thing, uh, Cousin Eddie throws a 50-pound dog of, 
a pound of food down on top of them and they just go right on and it's, <laughs> they're shattered. So he's totally just, it's a little things yeah. like that. But it, but it's got some great quotes and, and I honestly probably portrays and uh, let me see if I can explain this accurately. Christmas with your family and how miserable, but happy at the same time it can be. And how you want to make it work. Yes, and you, and you never can. You want that magic that you see in the commercials and in the movies. Yeah. And you're wanting that magic, but the trying is just, it does not come naturally. Yes, and uh, the, obviously I, the, the clip I'm going to play here just in a second is Clark's rant when when finally he just, just breaks he after disaster yep. after disaster. It's one of uh, Chevy Chase's brilliant in the entire movie, I but specifically the monologue rant in which he just goes off and talks about how they're the hap, hap, happiest bunch of assholes. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just such a great rant. And I'm going to go ahead and play it right now. And we'll be right back with Dixie's four favorite Christmas film. Beautiful. Where do you think you're going? Nobody's leaving. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. No, no, we're all in this together. This is a full-blown, four-alarm holiday emergency here. We're going to press on, and we're going to have the hap, hap, happiest Christmas since Bing Crosby tap danced with Danny fucking K. And when Santa squeezes his fat white ass down that chimney night, he's going to find the jolliest bunch of assholes this side of the nuthouse. You're goofy. Don't piss me off, Art. Clark, it's over. Not according to Santa's watch, it isn't. Now, come on, son. Stay out of this, Dad. Clark, I think it's best if everyone just goes home before things get worse. Worse? How could they get any worse? Take a look around you, Ellen. We're at the threshold of hell. <laughs> okay, Dixie, what is your fourth favorite Christmas movie of all time? If I gave you three guesses, you would not guess it. It is Ernest Saves Christmas. <laughs> and Natalie 100% agrees. Uh, look. What? That was my original number five. Wow. And I marked it out this morning and put in my order. Well, <laughs> I see, I would have had National Lampoons at number four, yeah. the same as you, but I knocked it yes. off the list entirely. Yes, I'm glad you picked this so we can talk about yes, it. Yes, I love, I love Ernest P. Worrell. He is awesome. You have the little girl who is falling upon bad times, and she is met up with one of the goofiest people on the planet, yep. and he totally saves Christmas. But let's talk about Ernest for a minute, the character of Ernest, and the actor Jim Varney, who was yes. from Kentucky, by the way. Yes, Lexington. He was actually a classically trained Shakespearean actor yep. and started portraying Ernest in some commercials mm -hmm. just for some money, and he ended up just planning for the rest of his he life. He doesn't basically. have to do anything for the rest of his but life. Ernest is a pure, as a pure hearted character that's ever been on the film. And by that means he is just always, even in the face of adversity, most of the time caused by himself. Yep. He stays so optimistic. Yes. He, and I, and that's why he, in Ernest Save Christmas, he's worthy of Santa's, uh, yes. I guess sack. Yes. <laughs> his, his present sack. His present sack. Let me sack, make yes. me clear. And I love it. And I've watched this show or since I've watched that movie since I was a kid. And as you know, I'm, I try to be a very opt. I am. It's one of my flaws is that I am just overly optimistic and positive to the point of annoyance, but I love him and I've always looked up to him. And 
I, it just warms my heart. I, I want to watch it right now. Like when we're done with this, I kind of want to watch it. I'm not going to lie. I, well, we do have I'm it. I'm almost so debating with myself. I should have bumped it up the list a little bit. Let me say one more thing about Ernest. Uh, a, a couple years ago, uh, there was a big trend on Twitter on what fictional character outside of the Marvel Universe would be worthy of picking up Thor's hammer. And you It'd have be to be a hundred percent pure to pick up Thor's hammer. And my answer was Ernest P. Worrell. <laughs> <laughs> and I stand by that. Yes, I agree. So I concur. Here he is a little bit, and I'm so glad you picked so this. So quotable. Uh of Dixie's fourth favorite Christmas film of all time, Ernest Saves Christmas. Oh, oh, Vern. Very good. It's Santa's little party helper. Hi. This is Harmony. <laughs> Tough time, so I'm helping her out. You know, kind of a father image kind of thing. As the twig is bent, so grows the tree. Know what I mean? It'll look good right over here. Huh? Nice place. It's really you. Yeah, I just sit right in there. Don't worry, Martin. I'll make it fit. You know, hanging up tinsel and some lights on the stuff here. Party punch. Yeah, that ought to hold. After all, Vern, it's Christmas time. It's a time for giving. A time for, for chestnuts opening on a roasted fire. A time for sleigh bells tinkling in the snow. That puppy's really stuck, know what I mean? You know, Vern, it looks like a transmutation of your 110 and your 2 know what I mean? I know what we need, Vern. Bolt cutters. All righty. At my number three Christmas film of all time, it's from 1988, directed by Richard Donner. It is called Scrooged, and it is starring my main man, my favorite actor of all time, Bill Murray. And Dixie is shaking her head because she uh, did, she is not a Bill Murray fan. I don't understand the... I mean, he's good. I just don't understand the appeal of people that just worship him. I don't understand. He, he is not good looking. He's uh -huh. dry, and I don't know. So... This is basically a modern take on uh, the classic Christmas tale, Christmas Carol, about Scrooge. He plays uh, Frank Klaus, which is the head of a TV network that's trying to put on a live version of the Christmas Carol, and he's uh, he's just an absolute butthole to everybody which around Bill him. Bill Murray is good at playing that. And then he gets visited by three ghosts uh, and changes his ways, and Bill Murray is so good in this. Would you say that the, the Christmas Carol story is, would it be the most reworked and oh, yeah. just the dead horse that everybody beats I at mean, Christmas time? I mean, they've been uh, thousands and thousands of versions of it. Cartoons. You could do an entire show. Muppets, on the, this. On the I, mean, of, I mean, it's just, uh, the list just goes on. Throw in some ghosts and a hateful old dude, and there you go. But this is the best version of it. Scrooged <laughs> from 1988. And Dixie probably don't have a whole lot to add about this movie. I, I think don't. I've made you watch it one or two times. Well, it's okay. I like it. It's just I'm not like, ooh, I love it. I'm just not like that. So here is a clip from Bill Murray 
in 1988's reworking of the classic Charles Dickens tale, A Christmas Carol, Scrooged. Okay, Dixie, what do you have for us at your number three slot for favorite Christmas films of all time? So, folks, this right here is when the cliches kick in because number three is Home Alone. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there's just no denying. I I love it. And my favorite part is when the crooks try to come in, he's got everything Jimmy rigged. I I mean, there's nothing like it. But let's talk about how, you know, they had joe pesci who was coming off some of, of an academy award win as the crook and he is so good in this he is so good and uh, uh he's just brilliant in it and to be honest you know uh macaulay calkin's really good in it and he is awesome for a short time there after this he might have been the biggest star on the planet yeah not just child star but star period yes this was i mean that, i think i got to see this in the theater like two or three times over christmas break a year uh and it's just a it's a brilliant film I mean, who doesn't, as a kid that age, who doesn't wish that your whole entire family would go away and you would have the whole place to yourself? And who also, as a kid that age, doesn't wish that robbers would come in and you'd be able to fight them yes, off? Yes, like you are the hero. Yeah, you'd be able to fight them off. You are the hero. You eat ice cream in bed, in your parents' bed, which is usually off limits. You yep. have full reign of the house. Yep. Uh, it's, I, I love it. It, it. As soon as it comes on, it doesn't stop. From yep. the time that the family's rushing around, that's very relatable, to the time that they're all gone, and it just never quits. Yeah, and then, you know, you've got some John Candy, who was just, you know, basically had a, a, not much more than a cameo, was the polka king that gets his mom back to the love house. Or, late, great John Candy, one of my all-time favorites. And uh, it's just such a good movie. And then, like, similar to National Lampoon's Vacation, 
It just talks about how if you get the whole family together over the holidays, you want it to be perfect, but it's never going to be. But just being together is enough. Yeah, and I mean, in the end, all that rigmarole happens. And in the end, everybody is good. Everybody's happy. Everybody's appreciative of each other. I mean, it's heartwarming. Yep. Yeah. It's a good movie. I love this movie. So that's why it's my number three. All righty. Here's a clip from Home Alone. Who is it? It's Little Nero, sir. I have your pizza. Leave it on that doorstep and get the hell out of here. Okay. Um, well, what about the money? What money? Well, you'd have to pay for your pizza, sir. That effect. How much do I owe you? Uh, that'll be eleven eighty, sir. Keep the change, you filthy animal. Cheapskate. Hey, I'm gonna give you to the count of ten to get your ugly, yellow. No good keister off my property before I pump your guts full of lead. One, two, ten. Lovely cheese pizza just for me. Okay. We each have two left of our five favorite Christmas films of all time. We've picked some classics so far. Really enjoying this discussion. At my number two slot is a film from 2003 that you and I saw opening night when it was released. And it is a little movie called Elf. Yes. And do you remember how we had gotten in a really big argument? I don't remember what it was, but we had fought all the way to the theater. Is that we, the time I kicked you out of the car? No, that no. was when we watched. We've already discussed that. We I don't understand why we always fought going to the movie. But theater. we both entered the movie in really bad mood and mad at each other. But we came out so happy hmm. because they formed our hearts. That must be the magic of it because I don't remember that fight at all. So, And I know that. You've got this ranked uh, probably as your number one, right? Honey, I have one. I have two more things to get through. Uh, but you don't. I'm not saying. But you don't want to talk about it right I'm now. I'm not talking about it now. Okay, well, I'll go ahead and say my piece, and then uh, we'll move on to your number two. But Elf, Will Ferrell, actually, I know you've got this ranked, so I'm going to hold more <laughs> of my thoughts on it. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so... We'll discuss Elf in depth here in a minute. I'll go ahead, and it's so good that we'll play two clips from it. Okay. I'll play a clip, and then we'll come back and talk about your number two. Is it smiling is my favorite? We'll play a clip. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a clip from Elf. I don't care who knows it. Buddy, uh, not now. Uh, can you please go back to the, uh, to the pit? I'll come visit you in a little while, okay? I didn't know you had elves working here. Uh. Boy, you're you're hilarious, my friend. He doesn't. Uh, get get back to the story, please. Uh, 
So, on the cover above the title. Does Santa know that you left the workshop? You know, we're all laughing our heads off. Did you have to borrow a reindeer to get down here? Buddy, go back to the base. Hey, Jackweed, I get more action in a week than you've had your entire life. I've got houses in L.A., Paris, and Vail. Oh. Each one of them with a 70-inch plasma screen. So I suggest you wipe that stupid smile off your face before I come over there and smack it off. You're feeling strong, my friend? Call me Elf one more time. He's an angry elf. <laughs> All right, Dixie, what do you have at number two? Um, I'm going to keep the cliches coming. It's Miracle on 34th Street. The original or the, the remake? The original. Okay, good. I want it black and white. Awesome. All right. What do you like about this film? I, I love it because it was always playing in my childhood. It was a toss-up, actually, between this movie, um, White Christmas, and um, I'm drawing a blank It's a Wonderful right Life. It's a maybe? Wonderful Life, yes. Yeah. Uh, but Miracle on 34th Street, come out. I think it's beautifully made. Had it been in color, it would have been just even better, I believe. But uh, it's just a classic story. May, um, Macy's set themselves up for the rest of their existence. Yep. Keep talking about it for just a second. because I, I, I want to make a point about it, but I want to make sure I get it right. So just keep talking. Just what, it, what, it come out in like 1934 or something? Uh, 47. 47, but, gotcha. Yeah. But uh, I specifically wanted to talk about the guy that plays Santa Claus in it, but he his He's, name escapes me, and I want to make sure I get that. Uh, he is the prettiest Santa ever. There is no other Santa in my mind. Edmund Gwynn. Mm -hmm. And he won the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor for this role. I did not know that. Yeah, that's why I thought. And I want to say that he he is... 90 years later, still the best on-screen version of Santa Claus yep. that's ever been filmed. He is. It won't be topped. I mean, he literally had to go to trial to prove that he was Santa Claus in the movie, <laughs> and by God, he did. <laughs> Which, when you go back to my number four, Ernest Saves Christmas, didn't that Santa Claus kind of have to do the same thing? Well, yeah, kind of. He, he, he got, was all the time proving himself. Yeah. I mean, some dude want to, like, have a bag full of presents. I'm going to believe in him. Yeah. <laughs> Come on now. So, a uh, beautiful pick, beautiful film. Uh, absolute classic in every sense of the word. Here is a clip from the original Miracle on 34th Street. What is she doing? Susie! 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 Susie, Susie where are you? Susie! really doubted you. It was just my silly common sense. 
it even make sense to believe in me now. I must be a pretty good lawyer. I take a little old man and legally prove to the world that he's Santa Claus. Now you know that. here by the people that moved out. Maybe. Maybe I didn't do such a wonderful thing after all. Okay, Dixie, I think we know what your number one's going to be. I had it ranked, but held most of my thoughts on it at my number two. Let's go ahead and so Spill the beans. You're going to release me then on this? Yes. All right. Elf, Will Ferrell, the soundtrack, the setting, Zoe Deschanel, everything about it. You smell like beef and cheese. <laughs> Just, I love this movie. You sit on a throne of lies. <laughs> so much, like, for someone special, and he gets lingerie for his dad. If you have not seen this movie, it... The Christmas tree. When I put up my Christmas tree yep. each year, this movie plays, yep, and it we play has it every night. The it night. has since it came out. Yep, every every single night. Uh, the night once we have put our Christmas tree up since we've been married, we have watched this film, and we continued on even after we had Natalie. It is an absolute Combs family tradition. Yes, and this year, actually, while I was putting up the Christmas tree, Brian let me put it up on my birthday without any fussing. Usually, there is fussing about it because it is a mess, but. This year, he played the vinyl record of the soundtrack. Yep. So, we listened to the vinyl record and then turned around and watched the movie. Yep. So, we hit it twice. Absolutely. And let me just say, whoever was the casting director for this film should have got an honorary Oscar because there is not a human being on the planet that could have pulled off that role of Elf. Buddy the Elf, like Will Ferrell. He owned it. The childlike innocence in his eyes. And it's funny because we watched it in like old school right around the same time. And so it's... It was, Frank it was, the Tank and Buddy the Elf are not the same character at not all. Not at all, no. Can you imagine if Buddy the Elf went in to a party Frank with, the with tank. Frank the Tank? I think they would get along. Well, Buddy the Elf got drunk in yes. Elf in the mailroom. Yes, he sure he did. did. And so. he was a fun drunk because he started doing all kinds of cool dances. Yes. And I mean, I knew who Will Ferrell was from Saturday Night Live, but I was never a big fan of him on that show. And so I'll be honest, when these movies came out, I was thinking, ugh, another SNL character person that's going to try to make a movie. And it's brilliant. It's timeless. And I will love it until my last breath. Yeah. And let me mention quickly, too, you know, for a comedy film like this to work, you obviously have to have the comedian with part, which is Will Ferrell as Buddy. But you have to have the straight person for the mm -hmm. for them to react around and for them to react to. Yes. And James Caan, yes. as his dad, is brilliant as well. He is. Like the movie wouldn't work as well as it did with any other actor in that role either. I wonder if I bet he wasn't even acting the whole time. He probably was. was. James Caan was a notorious, uh, uh, gruff and like cantankerous old Godfather? man. Yeah, he was yeah. in the Godfather. 
But I would venture to say he was probably legitimately pissed off at Will Ferrell the, the entire time of filming this movie. And isn't he like a legit like Italian New he, Yorker? He he allegedly may have actually had real mob ties at one time. Wow, <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> Everything about this movie is great, and it will live in my heart as number one. Something would really have to come along and outdo it. But God, there's just so many great parts. Like when he lets out like a five minute burp and then asks them if they heard it, like they like they possibly could not have heard like it at the table. Yeah, it's just and syrup. I mean, I identify so much with Buddy. You, he is your spirit animal. He is my smiling spirit. is his favorite, and yes. smiling is your favorite. And I love right? syrup, and I can literally put syrup on everything. Yes, and sugar. But Elf is a stone cold classic. It barely missed out being my number one. Uh, it's your number one, and it. When I put this question out on social media on what was your favorite Christmas it movie, was Elf. I, I think most people chose Elf. Yes. So here is. Our second clip from Elf in a movie yes. worthy of two clips in this countdown. Actually, I think he's an elf. And then I traveled to the seven levels of the candy cane forest, past the sea of swirly, twirly gumdrops. And then I walked through the Lincoln Tunnel. So where were you for the last 30 years? North Pole. Can you pass the maple syrup, please? I, I didn't put it. It's spaghetti. You know what? I think I have something. Yes. You like sugar, huh? Is there sugar in syrup? Yes. Then yes. We elves try to stick to the four main food groups. Candy, candy canes, candy corns, and syrup. So, will you be staying with us then? You mean I can stay? Of course you can. Emily. How, how long do you think you'll be with us? I, I hadn't really planned it out, but I was thinking like forever. Emily, can I just speak to you for a minute in the uh, kitchen, please? Are you crazy? He cannot stay here. Clearly, he has some serious issues. We can't just throw him out in the snow. Why not? He loves the snow. He's told me 15 times. Walter, he's your son. Did you hear that? Okay, folks. It is time for me to pick my favorite Christmas film of all time. And it is actually one of my five favorite films of all time, period. And we do have a tradition of watching this, usually the first night of Christmas break at the Cones household. It is, of course, Die Hard. Which is debated yeah, as to no whether debate. or not it is a Christmas and movie. I'm, I'm going to explain why it is. Number one, it takes place on Christmas Eve. The whole setup of the movie is because John McClane is flying across the country from New York City to Los Angeles to visit his kids and a strange wife, hoping to make amends. And does he ever? Make amends. And it also ends with Let It Snow in the closing credits. While the ashes of the Namasaki Tower fall on the heads of John McClane and his wife Holly, who have reunited. Now, in between, 
you have a beautiful movie of a man who sacrifices his body on numerous occasions for not for just his wife, but complete strangers. Most of them are assholes, but that does not matter to him. So let's think about the true meaning of Christmas here. A baby was born who sacrificed for an entire planet, most of which were assholes. So John McClane is a Messiah figure in Die Hard. It is 100% a Christmas movie. I cannot believe that you just tried to make a parallel. It has 100%. <laughs> There's essays been written on this. Look them up. <laughs> well, you've obviously looked them up. I don't need to. I, I, I might have wrote one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you certainly did. <laughs> so, now you do like this movie. I do. Yes. I, yeah, just because I was commenting on you yeah. doesn't mean I'm commenting so, on the movie. It is... If you can actually look this up and somebody studied on what is the the most ripped off and copied film in history, and it's Die Hard. Almost every action movie that came out after Die Hard stole something from it. And there was literally a trend in Hollywood in which they pitched movies to the studio with Die Hard on a boat, Die Hard on a bus, which was speed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, they've just been ripped off numerous, numerous times, but... It's often imitated and never duplicated. Bruce Willis' signature role was John McClane. He played him over and over again with diminishing returns. I do really enjoy the third installment, Die Hard with a Vengeance, with him and Samuel L. Jackson. But this is a perfect movie. It is perfect. And it wouldn't be perfect without talking about my main man, Hans Gruber, played <laughs> by the late, great Alan Rickman. Professor Snape. And this was the first movie he was ever in, and he crushed it. He was awesome. He crushed it. I still don't know why Bruce didn't realize who he was talking to. <laughs> like, when they finally met up, it was like, oh, who are you? He realized it by well, the cigarettes. Well, he finally did, but that's very, I find that part very frustrating. He, he realized it by the cigarettes. Gotcha. Because they were not American cigarettes. Yes. And there's so many parts. I can't even lift my favorite part. I mean, when he kills the dude and sends him down in the sweatshirt, it says, now I have a machine gun. Ho, ho, ho. That's brilliant. How I, many times did you walk around saying, yippee ki -yay, Mother Ripper? I can't count them. <laughs> and it didn't need to be Christmas time either. To this day. <laughs> till this day. Uh, Your poor mom and dad. 30, almost 30 years later here. Uh, actually, over 30 years later. I, still saying it. Still saying it. It's, it might be the most quotable line in film history. Yes. It might be. I bet you it's been said by more 12-year-old boys than any other quote in any other film in Does history. Does it rank up there with the crotch chop? <laughs> Listen, I've crotch chopped while saying yippee ki -yay at the same time before. <laughs> I ain't going to lie about it. <laughs> Folks, if you don't know what the crotch chop is, that's another that's another episode. That is that is a phenomenon that was in the late 90s, early 2000s, thanks to DX from the WWE. But yes. anyway, back to Die Hard. I just want to say that his wife still ended up leaving him in, yes. the, in the in the sequels after this. And my God, what more does a man have to do? At that point, just leave her. He, just quit trying. What more does he have to do? And I'm telling you, the the and it's beautifully shot too. It's an action movie, but it's so cinematic. And when the, the standoff on the roof, when he's walking, beat up, cut up, barefoot, bleeding from every orifice. No weapon left, but a gun with one bullet duct taped to the small of his back. And he's got one shot, and he takes it, and he shoots Hans in the forehead. 
and he blows the smoke <laughs> out of that like a real gun. cowboy. Yes. It, I've got, look at this. Look, chills all Chill. over me right now. Oh, I'm wow. fired up and ready to go over Die Hard, folks. Here is a clip from, according to me, not just a Christmas movie, but the greatest Christmas movie of all time. Yippee-ki-yay. Here's Die Hard. <laughs> this is a matter of inconvenient timing, that's all. Police action was inevitable. And as it happens, necessary. So let them fumble about outside and stay calm. This is simply the beginning. I thought I told all of you I want radio silence until oh, further... I'm very sorry, Hans. I didn't get that message. Maybe you should have put it on the bulletin board. The wax Tony and Marco and his friend here, I figured you and Carl and Franco might be a little lonely, so I wanted to give you a call. How does he know so much about this? This is very kind of you. As you are our mysterious party crasher, you are most troublesome for a security guard. Sorry, Hans, wrong guess. Would you like to go for double jeopardy where the scores can really change? Oh, these are very bad for you. Who are you, then? Just a fly in the ointment, Hans. The monkey in the wrench. The pain in the ass. Whoa. Check on all the others. Don't use the radio. See if he's lying about Marco and find out if anyone else is missing. Mr. Mystery Guest. Yeah, I'm still here. Unless you want to open the front door for me. No, I'm afraid not. But you have me at a loss. You know my name, but who are you? Just another American who saw too many movies as a child. Another orphan of a bankrupt culture who thinks he's John Wayne, Rambo, Marshall Dillon. I was always kind of partial to Roy Rogers, actually. I really like those sequined shirts. Do you really think you have a chance against us, Mr. Cowboy? Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. All right, we have ranked our five favorite Christmas films, and in a moment, we will rank our five favorite Christmas songs, but we're going to take a brief interlude here to talk about a memorable Christmas gift from our childhood. Not five, just one. Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first, Dixie? I do, because I'm pretty sure mine is more sentimental than yours. Okay. I don't know. This could be a competition. Uh, Lisa Simpson. Yes. Just like the Simpsons show. <laughs> okay. Uh, Miss Lisa Simpson was my third grade teacher. She, I stayed after school because I never wanted to go home. And I helped her clean erasers, wipe down desks, put away books and stuff. So at Christmas time, she took me to... She asked permission. My parents signed a permission form, and she took me to Lazarus. How how old is this story? Uh, the Lazarus store at the mall there. I guess I guess it was in Cincinnati. I had no sense of direction as a as a kid, as a third grader. But she took me in her car, which was really nice. I thought it was a really nice car. I'd never been in a new car at that point, and she bought. She told me I could have anything in the store. So I picked out a bike outfit, which is basically like a little tank top and like bike shorts. Uh, it was tie-dye and totally 80s. I picked out a Barbie doll 
and new Barbie doll in the box. And also she got me the limited edition. I guess it's the store um, teddy bear. Yeah. It was a dog. I think JCPenney and places like that do like a, yep. a, a Walmart even does it like a limited edition uh, stuffed animal. So she took me there. It was one of the best days of my life. It was the only time I remember, the first time I remember being on an escalator and being at a mall. So it's just one of those memories that really stand out to me. And Brian, I was going to pick like a really cheesy, stupid memory. And you actually reminded me of this. So thanks for jogging my memory of my memory. I really appreciate that. That <laughs> All joking aside, that is a beautiful story. It really is. And, the, and it, it could be a Christmas movie. It could be. And that is the type of teachers that really make an impression on people. Because all these years later... 32 years later, you still remember her. Yes. And actually, I... And you can't remember what you ate for breakfast. I can't. No, <laughs> I actually can't. Um, but when I think... I actually work in education, and I have for the past, like, 16 years. And there is one teacher that comes to mind. I love them all, but there is one teacher that I could totally see doing this, and it is Miss Victoria Howard. I knew she, that's who you were going to say. She is a third-grade teacher. Yes. And I think that's why I love and admire her so much. Because she is always giving up herself. And if it was still legal to put kids in the car and take them off to the mall, I'm sure she would load them up tomorrow. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, thank you for prompting my memory there. Oh, you're welcome. So, mine is not nearly that sentimental. Told you. I had a couple that I could pick from, but I'm going to pick uh, Christmas 1985. I had just turned five years old. And at this time, uh, obviously, uh, I still believed in Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. And so at this time, we did not have much money at all. We we struggled. But uh, Santa, a.k.a. my mom and dad, had saved up enough to buy me Snake Mountain, which is Skeletor's, uh, I guess, palace slash hideout His slash den. headquarters <laughs> yeah. from Masters of the Universe. And not only that, but Santa, a.k.a. my parents, bought me several new Masters of the Universe figures. And they took uh, my ones I already had. And when I got up that morning, my gifts was not wrapped. But Snake Mountain was already out of the box, set up and assembled with all the characters in figure form having a battle on it. That's awesome. And He-Man was whipping Skeletor's ass on the top. <laughs> and Courtesy of your dad, no doubt. No doubt. He had him in a headlock. Your was mom giving had him, to do all the opening. And he was giving him the business. <laughs> <laughs> Your mom had to do all that and plastic opening, but your dad got sticks, to set it up. The thing that sticks out to this is a few years later, when I discovered that Santa was not real, sorry, kids. How dare you? I actually got a little choked up and sentimental realizing that my parents did all that for me that night. They spent, sit up all night doing that and saving probably all year to buy it. Yes. So the time and the effort that they put into that I'll never forget it 36, seven years later. And you still have that Castle Grayskull. And Snake Mountain. And Snake Mountain. Absolutely. I've and had, your mom has a tub full of and, action figures. And pe numerous people have tried to buy them. They will not. They are not for sale. <laughs> Some of them don't have arms and, and legs Dixie or Dixie will tell you that I, almost anything I got for the right price, I'll sell it to you. But that is a particular item that shall never be sold. Very good. We will take a brief break. And be back to start ranking our favorite Christmas songs of all time. Let's do this. 
Okay, Dixie, we're going to get straight into our Christmas songs. Do you want to go first <laughs> or you want to go second when we start ranking them? I, I'm, I'm laughing because I'm terrible. Um, I want to start in. All right, because what it. I have is awesome. All right, well let me let me uh, let me just give it over to you. What's what's your number five? <laughs> All right, number five is Angels We Have Heard on High, and I, I know don't... you're demanding that I pick an artist, and this is why I'm laughing because I literally went to Google and I typed in and I wrote down the first artist name that sings it. I like singing it myself. I don't even know what this song is. Angels, we have heard on high. I have no idea. What you this have is. sat in how many church services? We sing it all the time. Sometimes we even sing it outside How's of it church. Go? I'm not singing it. All you right. can listen to Kevin Maysold, Maysold, <laughs> sing it because that's your first YouTube. That's your first YouTube hit that comes up. And you, I like singing it myself. I had to sing it in chorus. I was in chorus or choir back in middle and high school, and we had to sing it several times. And I like singing it myself, but you made me pick somebody to sing it. So you'll have fun. All right. Well, uh, <laughs> for me and for the listeners, introduce the title and whoever the heck is singing it one more time for <laughs> I hope I'm saying this right, sir. If this is not right. Angels We Have Heard on High by Kevin Mislode. 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 Kevin McLeod singing <laughs> Angels We Heard on High because I tried to research during the interlude there after Dixie announced her fifth favorite song. And from what I read, that guy wrote that back in the 1800s. So obviously, there's not a recording of him singing it. Well, he's the goat still. And so that was someone else singing Angels <laughs> We Heard on High. That's what you get for just not letting me skip over the whoever sings it. These are Christmas songs. Okay. So. I'm going to get into my fifth favorite Christmas song. And most of mine are actually... Um, <laughs> can you actually listen to the artists? Yeah, you can. Because <laughs> they're contemporary artists singing them. Good. And let me just say, I am not a fan of Christmas music for the most part. Most Christmas songs are horrible songs in any uh, objective matter. Uh, they make no sense. And most of the time... A contemporary artist will just poop one out with very little effort to collect cash that it, paycheck, collect the paycheck, yep. and just go on. And the and the public will eat that crap up on a platter. But all that being said, I struggled to find five I like, but I did find five I generally like. And number five is 
the late great Otis Redden from 1968 with Merry Christmas Baby. I have never heard of that song, so you literally just picked it because of Otis Redding because he is amazing. And uh, he, he sings the fire of this song. The song was actually written by Johnny Moore back in, I think, 1949. And Elvis done his own version a few years later than this, but the definitive version of Merry Christmas Baby is by one of the greatest singers of all time, Otis Redden. And here is a little bit of that version. And I assure you, this is actually Otis Redden. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas, baby. Should it treat me nice? What do you have for us at number four? I've got a little Frankie Sinatra. You have heard of this guy, actually, haven't you? I do believe I have. I Well, I love the song, The First Noel, and I like singing this song, and I didn't have a particular um, singer that sang it the best. Well, you picked a good one. But... Frank Sinatra, uh, he came up in the Google search, so <laughs> I added him, well, thankfully, and he is legit. <laughs> thankfully, we will be able to find a recording of old Frank singing this song. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I warned you. <laughs> what do you like about this song? I, I just, and I know that these, like the other ones going down the list, uh, are not necessarily Christian songs, at least my my top two are not. I don't have a single one listed. It's a Christmas yeah. Christian song. Christian song. A, a hymn. I love I love the first Noel. When I hear it, it makes me feel Christmas. Yep. So yeah. All right. Well, introduce the song and artist, and thank thankfully I will be able to find this a record of this one. Randomly, Frank Sinatra singing the first Noel. The first Noel. The angels did say Was to certain poor shepherds In fields as they lay In fields where they lay They were keeping their sheep On a cold winter's night
For my next song, at number four, I have the one and only legendary Bob Dylan with his version of Must Be Santa from his 2009 album, Christmas from the Heart, in which he covered Christmas standards in only the way that he can. Around this area of Bob Dylan, he sounded like he had been drinking Alka-Seltzer laced with razor blades all day, every day for about 50 years. He sounded garbled, and he sounded fantastic. Here is my main man, Bob Dylan, with Must Be Santa. Who's got a beard that's long and white? Santa's got a beard that's long and white. Who comes around on special night? Santa comes around on special night. Special night, beard that's white. Must be Santa. Must be Santa. Must be Santa. Santa Claus. Who wears boots and suit of red? Santa wears boots and suit of red. Who wears a long cap on his head? Santa wears a long cap on his head. Cap on his suit of red. Special night, beard that's white. Dixie, what do you have for us at number three? Number three is another Christian Christmas song. And it is O Come All Ye Faithful, which, fun fact, I can sing this in Latin. Because I had to learn it in both in English and in Latin. And I think it was seventh grade at Somerset, Kentucky. Uh, I'm going to put you on the spot, dude. Give us just a little bit in Latin. Um, ah, it's going to be terrible, but okay, I cannot say about that. I'm so sorry. How about that? I have no idea if you actually were singing in Latin or just making up gibberish, but it sounded good. I have no idea either. That was back when I was in seventh grade, and it has been a hell of a long time since then. So uh, but to spare your eardrums from any further pain, I recommend that you play this by Pentonics, who are amazing. Okay. They are an acapella group, right? They are. And do we have one of their albums on vinyl? No. I, for some reason, I thought we did. No. But they are great. All right. So we introduce the song and the artist one more time, please. Oh, Come All Ye Faithful by Pentonics. Joyful and triumphant, oh come ye, oh come ye to Bethlehem, oh come and behold him, the King of Angels, oh come let us adore him, oh come let us
number three, I have Blue Christmas by Elvis Presley. I'm just laughing. Are you going to sing us a snippet of it? No, they ain't not. <laughs> Absolutely not. I think you should try. No. <laughs> Blue. Okay, that's enough. That's it. <laughs> uh, 1964 was his version. It was originally recorded by Doyle Waddell back in the 1948. But Elvis, for all intents and purposes, probably has the definitive version. Uh, he had, We do have his Christmas album that we do play this time of year mm -hmm. on vinyl. Uh, bought for me uh, was the first Christmas present that your sister Audrey ever bought me. Aww. After after you reunited with her there a few years ago. She does the best gifts. So just like my Snake Mountain, that will be one item that should never be sold. Aww. And uh, I won't go on and on about it. But here he is, my third favorite Christmas song of all time, and one of the uh, five Christmas songs that I actually enjoy, because that's all of them. Here <laughs> is Elvis Presley with Blue Christmas. Christmas without you, I'll be so blue, just thinking about you. Decorations of red on a green Christmas tree won't be the same, dear, if you're not here with me. And when the blue snowflakes. Okay, we just have two left apiece, Dixie. What is your second favorite Christmas song of all time? Well, just looking over at your handwritten list, uh, instead of Bob Dylan, you should have totally kept Felice Navidad. Didn't you tell me a story of when you were little, like you requesting this song over and over and over again? Wait a minute. Have you got this ranked or you just want me to tell a story? No, I, it's my number two. Number two. Okay, yeah. So... This is a horrible song by all intents and purposes. No, it's not. But uh, I almost ranked it for the sheer fact that we, uh, when when I was in grade school, me and my best friend, John Thompson, who has been mentioned on this show and who will be on this show one day, John, uh, we had a very old and mean music teacher. His name was Mr. McSwain, <laughs> and he was cross-eyed, and you could get him mad for just doing the least little thing. And when you got him mad, he'd start screaming and shouting and get all red in the face. And we was hoping to give him a stroke. That's so it, we, it, no matter the time of year, especially like in May or in August when it was really hot out, uh, he would open it up for a request that somebody, then we could sing a song that was in the song, any song in the songbook. And every time we had this class for the entire year, no matter the time of year, John and I, would request Feliz Navidad. As you should. And that old bastard would get so mad at us. He'd just start going like this nonsense, just screaming and shouting. This, I'm sure he was probably cussing. Did he let you sing it? Heck no. <laughs> I don't think we ever got to sing it. What? Because it was like May. You don't sing Christmas music in May. Well, at least request it in December. Well, I think we was bastards, and that was the one time yeah. of the year that we didn't request it. It is a great song, and you can't listen to it without bobbing your head and moving your hands and having fun with it. 
I love it. So do you love it just because I told you that story? It That, that adds to it. <laughs> that definitely adds to it. I do not have a memory associated with this song. Feliz so I adopt Navidad. yours. I adopt yours. All righty. Here is, I guess, the original, Jose Feliciano. And that's really the only, the title is the only words to the Feliz song Navidad. that I know. <laughs> that's it. All righty. That and I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. How All can you right. go wrong? Here you go. All right. Let's hear it. Jose Feliciano. Yes. Feliz Navidad, and somewhere Mr. McSwain is spinning in his grave and cussing John and I one last time. <laughs> Yeah, well, Dixie was. Let's <laughs> get racing a really bad Christmas song. Uh, we're going. Do you? Do they know it's Christmas? Yes. Is that what you're hearing saying? Yes. That shall not be on this list. No, it's not. And I'll tell you another one that will not be on this Something list. About Christmas. That will not be on this list. And I will tell you one more that will not be on this list. Uh, last Christmas. Oh gosh, Natalie loves. And that here's song. why none of those will be on this song. list. There's two reasons. Number one, they all suck. And number two, Dixie and I, at one time in our lives, had to work at J.C. Penney. And if you've ever worked retail during the Christmas season, you know what a hellhole it is. It starts in September. And those three songs played on loop 24-7. Yes. Down, and that brings back very bad memories for terrible. both of us. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> Sorry about messing up your intro. Here he is. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to go ahead and dive into your next song. Here is my number two favorite Christmas song of all time. It is the only version of this song that I enjoy. It is Santa Claus is Coming to Town by the one and only Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band. And uh, it was originally written by J. Fred Coots back in 1931. But the wow. first known recording was from 1944 by the one and only Judy Garland. No, my bad. That's from a number one. <laughs> I was looking at the wrong notes. Foreshadowing. Yeah, never mind. Uh, anyway, I love this particular <laughs> version of Bruce and the East Street Band. Uh, it was recorded live, and it is one that they, if they were on tour in the, during this time of year, always pull out of the hat and play, and the crowd goes wild. And let me just say that uh, my favorite part of this, and especially now that he's passed on, is when he lets... Uh, uh, Clarence Clemens, the big saxophone player in the East Street Band, God rest his soul, sing the part. He's going to be good, for goodness sakes, real deep like. Yeah. And I know I just mentioned your sister Audrey. The second Christmas present she ever bought for me was this 45 on vinyl, an original version of it because it's not been reprinted. 
It was actually only released. The only official release of this song was the B-side on the single from my hometown back in 1985. And I have looked for that for years and could not find it in any record store. And she never told me where she found it, but she did. And I've got that too. She probably just had it. (laughs) I would venture to say it might have been in Steve Miller's junk. Probably. (laughs) It smells like cigarette smoke. Yeah. But I won't take nothing for it. (laughs) Yes. So this song, though, let me, we were talking about JCPenney. This song also played at JCPenney. That is why I. But it's not not Lord Bruce's version. It I just couldn't. You no, know, no, they play Bruce's version sometimes. When you switched over the radio station, I, I had they to Jimmy this. rig it. Yes, so that's I. I do. I am not a fan of the song, All and right. I'm sorry. Here he is, the one and only Bruce Springsteen with the E Street Band, with the holiday classic "Santa Claus is Coming to Town." Santa Claus is coming to town. down to where Dixie's getting ready to announce her favorite Christmas song of all time and I have a sneaking suspicion on what it is because she has brought in a special guest to help her talk about it. Uh, I'll turn it over to Dixie and our special guest. Who's our special guest tonight? I'm Natalie. This is Natalie and we want to introduce for you the song All I Want for Christmas is You by Mariah Carey. So let's talk a bit about this because I there is not a song that has ever been put to tape that I loathe more than this song. Well, you are in the minority uh, here. We uh, now I don't no, want to bring your sister I Audrey. To, I have to agree. Audrey. What? You used to sing it with me. You are out of this. Okay. Aren't you? No, no, no. Because, like, it's fun to sing along to, but it's terrible at the same time. It, it, yes, it is it's terrible. terrible. That's what we love about it. So uh, now your sister Audrey also hates this song. She does, but I mean, she's seasoned and she does she likes her own thing she's a music snob like you so but let's talk about why we brought natalie in for this what do you all do to me the minute halloween ends we actually did not do it this year Yeah, you did you all right here in this living room did did we yeah. yes, yes. Oh, this i year. said that she's defrosting the, the <laughs> like i still on october 31st the minute that we shut out the porch light and quit giving out candy what do you all do to me every we year we play this song and we dance around and i get mad Yes, but we didn't do it this year because I was in. Oh, I was no, in you, when you all come home, you did this. Oh, yeah, that's right. And that's you right. danced in front of me while you did it like you do every year. Well, all I know is since 1994, this song has brought in $60 million. Just this song. Tomorrow. Yes. 
averaging $2.6 million per year, like per season. So when it starts playing, she racks up millions of dollars. There are a lot of idiots in this world. <laughs> there are, and I'm one of them. <laughs> Natalie used to be one of them, but she's too cool for school now. Well, she she's like a dog that finally opens its eyes when it's about six weeks old and can see clearly. <laughs> but, well, then again, Natalie is on TikTok, and they play the absolute crap out of this song. You play the absolute crap out of this song. I did it first. I existed before TikTok, though. Well, uh, I've said my spiel about this. You all go ahead in unison together introduce this song, please. It's All I, I want, want for Christmas, Christmas is You by Mariah Carey. Carey. I don't want a lot for Christmas. There is just one thing I need. I don't care about the presents underneath the Christmas tree. Thank you all for joining us today for our Christmas Spectacular. Thanks once again to my co-host Dixie and our special guest that just joined us. Who Natalie, was already upstairs. Who's already high-tailed out of here. She's done. So my number one song. Now, Christmas is a time of year in which I often feel a little melancholy. It's winter. Things are dreary. I dread having to get in groups. And... So I am partial to songs that also give me that same feeling of melancholy. Specifically, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas by She and Him, which is Zoe Dachanel, which we talked about earlier yes. from Elf, and M. Ward. And we do have their Christmas album on vinyl, and it is one we listen to during this time of year. And this song always makes me just, a just the way her vocal delivery and how she sings this song to me makes me wistful and melancholy and a little bit of hopeful at the same time. I think it's, it to me, and it probably isn't, but to me, it feels like a send-off song. Like, well, that's done, so have yourself a merry little Christmas. It's kind of like a send-off song. It's kind of like uh, Odd Lang Syne, like at the end of the, end of the year. Yeah. It's kind of like at the end of the season, hope it was good for you. So, before I play that, I want to wish everyone Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, whatever holiday you may celebrate this time of year. And even if you don't celebrate any of them, I hope uh, 
this episode finds you and yours healthy and happy. And sending us off today is she and him with have yourself a merry little Christmas. Thank you all for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Thank you. Have yourself a merry little Christmas Let your heart be light From now on Our troubles will be out of sight Have yourself The Yuletide Gay From now on Our troubles Will be miles Away Here we are As in olden days Happy golden days show is presented to you by Thatcher Barbecue Company at the Gorge and is written, recorded, and produced by me, Brian Combs. If you enjoy this show, I ask that you recommend it to at least one other person with whom you think would enjoy it as well. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.